back to Up The Villa podcast, this is our opposition preview for Aston Villa v Nottingham Forest, joined by my sofa school brother, Wolfie, from Forest Fan TV. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. I am good. Until I noticed, look, look what's this colour you got on my name here, man? It's not even your colour. Purple? Purple? Yeah, because the, the, uh, the claret just looks too brown and dull, <laughs> so we go with more of like a, a purple vibe. Uh, fair <laughs> enough. I'm good then, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, very, very good. So uh, I've done an opposition piece on Forest Fan TV. So Villa fans, go and check that out. Uh, Forest Fan TV is in the description to this video and in the title. So go and show them some love and check out our episode and subscribe to their channel as well. They do some top content on all things Forest. So last time we spoke, um, yeah, we lost. So we'll mm -hmm. move on from that. We're just going to move on from it. We're, we're just yeah, going to ignore it. Yeah, we'll, we'll ignore it. Enough, you did, but how you're going <laughs> to smash us. We're just going to ignore it. Yeah? No, but we'll do that on this one. Um, <laughs> but no. So, Cooper was your manager last time. Yeah. Um, and I know your fan base was sort of getting to that point where you were like, something's got to give somewhere. There needs to be a change. We want to improve. We want to progress. We want to move forward. Nuno came in. How's that been so far? So I would say even when Cooper was going, I'd still say a, probably the majority of the fan base was still behind him. But it was one win in 14, man. You were the only win we had. I mean, that's got to annoy you. <laughs> that, that one win in 14. I told you, we've, we've moved on from that now. <laughs> I just Every now and again, I'll chuck in a quick reference. Yeah, <laughs> But, you know, for me, as you know, when we spoke before, he had to go before that. And to be honest, I think had he gone before that, our position wouldn't be as bad as it is now. But Nuno came straight in. And I was hoping just for a quick manager bounce, seeing progression, seeing change. Now, we would have got that if we weren't screwed by the officials against Bournemouth in that first game where Bolly got sent off for being stamped on, which was just ridiculous. But then the bounce came straight after that. We beat Newcastle away. We beat Man U at home playing really good football and you were suddenly seeing a click <clears throat> and then it all goes wrong afcon comes um the ffp or psr charges get hit with forest as well a couple of injuries come to it and it's not until this game now coming up on saturday that nuno's finally got his squad back together we're only missing technically chris woods and um montiel the right back, the Argentinian um, right back. The rest of the squad, pretty much, until obviously we hear on his presser, is there or thereabouts. I think the only other doubt is Taiwo because he picks up a knock um, at West Ham. But the football is night and day. <clears throat> I, I was, you know, you know me, I hated the low block under Cooper. We're not seeing that under Nuna. What we're seeing is the next step forward, which is um, more progressive football. Probably counter-attacking football would be the right way to phrase it. But there's also patterns and development of partnerships on the pitch. What, what the key for me is, the massive change between Cooper and Nuno, is that every day when we'd get to this stage, well, every week when we get to this stage where we're sitting here trying to figure out with Cooper who's going to play, the first question was, well, what formation is he going to go for? You know, is it going to be a three-back? Is it going to be a four-back? Is it a 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1, whatever it might be. With Nuno, he's come in and he's like, I'm playing a 4-2-3-1 and I'm going to, you know, design the players to fit into that formation. 
and he stuck with it. Oh, I froze for a second. Am I still here? That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> you got me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he stuck with it religiously. The only time he changed it was in the cup replay against Bristol, just because we didn't have the bodies with AFCON and everything. So that, for me, has allowed a philosophy and an identity to start developing at Forest. And the football itself is progressive. Look, last week against West Ham, a lot of people saying West Ham are rubbish. They were not... They didn't care. They weren't up for the fights and what have you. I think we made them look bad. You know, we completely dominated the game. We should have won four or five nil comfortably. If Alanga could have finished a few of some of those sitter chances, we'd have been really, really comfortable. But I'm seeing signs. But the problem is, it's the pressure of the table and the pressure of PSR that's weighing down and adding pressure to every game we are now playing. If the, if the season had just started a couple of weeks ago, I'd be looking ahead thinking, where can Forrest finish? Right now, I'm looking at it thinking, stay up, and then we can build something good next season. Yeah. I think I mentioned that sort of on when I was talking on your channel about like the pressure of like... Because mm. I think you've been playing quite well in, in some yeah. of the games you've had recently, but you've had you know not great results barring the West Ham one. And then sort of like you're still looking over that shoulder. So how are you feeling as a Forest fan now? You know, we've sort of... Everton got a point, didn't they, against Palace. Mm. Luton are playing against Liverpool. So you pretty much would say Liverpool are going to win that. So how are you, do you... Are you worried at all? Or are you completely calm? So I was worried before the West Ham game. I was saying this was must win. Yeah, I, I just... I'm not saying we would have been down if we lost to West Ham. But there was too many things going against Forrest in the um, Matt Turner was making mistakes left, right and centre. Uh, like against Arsenal, we held them quite well. Um, and then he lets himself get nutmegged and put it into his own net. We don't need to, you know, go over that. But my point here is in every game so far, Forrest have been competitive or unlucky or screwed over. Newcastle, um, we should add a penalty for Taiwo Awani when he went through. Didn't get given. Absolute stonewall penalty. Two minutes later, they go down the other end and score. But all the goals that we are conceding, honestly, mate, are stupid individual mistakes. We're not being outclassed. We're not being outplayed. Apart, I'll, I'll give you the Arsenal game, but if you look at their results, they beat Liverpool 3-1, then they went and beat um, whoever it was, 5-0, 6-0. You know, they only beat us 2-1. We're not getting outclassed which is the big difference. And we're averaging nearly two goals a game under Nuno. And XG-wise for conceding, we're down to 1.3. Now, under Cooper, we were averaging just about a goal a game, and we were averaging an XG against of 1.8. Not sustainable. But what I'm saying is, the mistakes, if they get cut out, Forrest are looking good. And we saw that finally against West Ham. We only had one major mistake, which we got away with, with the best defender in the league, Murillo. We'll come on to him, no doubt. <laughs> but apart from that, we didn't make any mistakes. And if Forrest can get through 90 minutes without the mistakes, honestly, I'm I'm optimistic. Am I worried? Yes, you are. Because if it's, look, if we get deducted six points, I think we'll be okay. If it gets to 10, then it is, you know, pucker up your butthole time, man. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> but it. For me, the thing Forrest have to do now is just put a gap to the bottom three. We've got you next, then we've got Liverpool, then we've got Brighton, then we've got the likes of Luton, etc. Um, but they're away. 
So we've got to get some points on the board. Put that gap between us and, and the bottom three. I think we'll be okay. But... Uh, so who... I mean, we, I think everybody can say Burnley and Sheffield are gone. Yeah, Sheffield are do done, you, man. Do you think Luton are going to go? Because I, I, I really like Luton. I, and I, I admire what they've done this season. But I'm now starting to think, are they going to start feeling that pressure big time yeah. now? Um, yeah. And I just think, I look at Luton and I think they've got Liverpool coming up. They're in the relegation zone now. You know, the pressure's going to build for them now. Whereas sort of during the season, they've been able to sort of have, say, oh, we've got 20 games left. Like, But yeah. now when you've only got like 13 left and you're still there. Um, so who do you think is going to go? Well, I'm just happy Sheffield are going. I want them bottom. I was even, I hate them so much that I was even thinking, you know what? If they broke Derby's record, I wouldn't mind it. You know, if, if a team had to break Derby's 11 point record, then let it be Sheffield. But they're past that. So I agree with you. Them and Burnley are done. With Luton, I think exactly what you think. They had this plucky underdog tag, these fighters. They actually reminded me a lot of Forrest from last year. You know, their ground is bouncing. There was that team spirit. We'll we'll just fight them on the, uh, you know, on the front line kind of attitude. I just feel that the since the media have changed their opinion on Luton mm -hmm. over the last couple of weeks, saying, look how plucky they are. Um, can they do this, etc.? I think that's had the reverse impact on Luton. And if you look at their last couple of games, you know, they've taken a couple of defeats. They lost to Sheffield as well, didn't they? So mm -hmm. I feel their bubble or their purple patch has come to a bit of an end. But I don't think that's the main issue for Forest. I think what happens to Everton is probably more important. Now, <clears throat> Everton are about to find out if they get some points back or not. If they are to get a few points back, they'll go ahead of Forest. And I'm actually fine with that. I would rather Everton got reinstated all their points because it sets a precedent on what will happen to Forest with their FFP charges. But they then still have their next set, if you like, the ones that align with Forest in terms of this year's credentials. So in, in a sense, Forest's target needs to be to stay ahead of Everton. If we can do that, if we get docked six, they'll probably get docked six. And as long as we're ahead of them and you've got Burnley and, and Sheffield underneath them, then you, we should be okay. But I still think Luton will be the ones who go down. The only other ones I'm keeping my eye on are Palace because they, yeah, look, they look poor, woeful, woeful yeah. right now. I know they've changed their manager, but if they haven't got Eze and Elise in that team, they just look like they're firing blanks, you know? So I, I think we'll be okay, but I'm not confident enough yet to say yeah. it. Ask me in like two or three weeks. Because so what... the key thing is, so just add one more point. Yeah. When you guys at your end of the table, when you're looking at it and you're seeing that if you drop a point, you feel like the world has ended. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because the other teams around you are going to win. I feel it's the opposite at this end of the table that we're stuck in. If Forest say go and beat Villa on Saturday, that three points is huge. Because you don't expect the other teams around you to all gain points. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you create the gap. And even if you do lose, you don't expect everyone underneath you to then go and win their games. So three points is a lot bigger, I think, at the end of the table. I feel you guys have to do it to maintain your position. Whereas if you get three points at this end of the table, you start to create a gap. Yeah. And if you get like a run of results as well, then yeah. you just sort of like end up mid-table in about four games exactly. time 
Um, so you've touched on that profit and sustainability a little bit. Like I, I don't really know what's happened. I, I, is it something to do with selling Johnson? You sold him later yeah. than what if you'd have done it earlier, you wouldn't have. So explain to us like what's happened then. So a quick layman's overview is that the financial year for the Premier League runs from 30th of June to the 30th of June. Now, Forest were outside of the... Now, all other clubs get 105 um, that they can be over with. Forest are not in the same boat because we were in the championship. So in the Premier League, you get 35, basically, for each of your last three years. It's a three-year rolling cycle. If you were in the championship, you can only go over by 13 million. So Forest came into the Premier League, basically 13 million, 13 million and the 35 from last year, which gave us a total of 61 that we could be over by. Now, the majority of the other 20 or 19 clubs, apart from obviously um, the likes of Bournemouth and Fulham, would have all been able to work at 105. So what happened was Forrest already in a in a harsher position. Uh, Villa would have had the same kind of thing when you came up a few years back. But we were in a harsher position that we couldn't go above 61 mil. Forest were above 61 mil. We estimate it's probably around the 80 mil, which is still lower than the rest of the Premier League. Now, Forest got an offer for Jono from Brentford for about 30 to 35 million at the start of the window. Brentford obviously were underselling it, knowing that Forest needed to sell. And Forest took the decision, rightly or wrongly, to hold out for a higher fee, which we got at the end of the window, which was about 48 mil from Spurs. And this is like, it's so ironic with this. And this thing's called PSR, profitability and sustainability of the Premier League. So because Forest tried to be more profitable, they're now being sanctioned for that thing. So technically, Forrester were out of the um, allowed window for two months. But those two months came after the cutoff date. So they've broken the rules. There's no two ways about it. And now it's the case of waiting. We should have our hearing date. I think it's going to be, and I think the um, the outcome comes to us in April. Then there could be an appeals process, which could then kick it past the end of the season. And that's going to cause all kinds of headaches and arguments, you know, for teams that have gone down, potentially a forest day up, etc. So it's a bit of a mess. But I, I'm at the mindset of sort it out on the pitch. Get yourself... 10, 11 points clear of the bottom three. It's doable the way we're playing. I, I know we're 15th or 16th where we are now. But every person I speak to once we've played them, they're like, how are you that low? you got hudson Adore, you got MGW, you've got Alanga, Taiwo. you got good players. What are you doing down there? And I'm like, I oh, know, man. Try being a Forest fan. So, so that's what it is. Now, we spoke to Kieran, who you've spoken to before as well, Kieran Maguire. He's saying he thinks it'll be six points at least. So uh, right now I'll take six points. Six points I think we can manage. Any more than that, it's worrying, man. It's worrying. It is. Hopefully it gets sorted out for you. So you've just mentioned some players. You've missed off one player that you keep talking to me about. So talk to me about the players that Villa should be worried about going into this game. All right. Well, let's start with the big dog, man. Murillo. <laughs> Who is going to be, <laughs> if Forrest can keep him next, if, if Forrest do no business in the summer, let's pretend and assume and hope and pray that Forrest stay up here. Yeah? If we buy no one this whole summer, but we keep Murillo, I will class that as one of our best transfer windows. 
because he is so good, man. He's 21 years old. We got him from Corinthians in Brazil, centre-back. He had only played 13 professional games. We paid about 11 to 15 million for him. And he's just come in and he is just ridiculous. He's ridiculous. I, I think he will end up either at a big six club or a Real Madrid. And I don't say that about many Forest players. I'm, yeah, I'm cocky and I can be a pain in the ass and stuff. But I can recognize talents. And this guy and every team that's played us, when I've said this to them before match, they've all come to me afterwards and say, all right, I'll give it to you. He was, he was class. You know, as I said to you and us, when I spoke to Nicky from West Ham Fan TV after the match, he was like, I can see him replacing Virgil van Dijk at Liverpool. He is that good. So he's the one you need to worry about. He's got pace. He's got power. His weakness is, I would say, positionally under a cross. He um, sometimes cut, misjudges the flight, gets underneath it a bit. But I'll be honest with you, over the last three weeks, he's clearly been working on that. And he's had no issues with it over the last couple of games. But he's only 21, man. And this is the level he's playing at. It's ridiculous. Like, I can't wait to see what he's like at 24. So you need to worry about him in the defense. In attack, it's Callum Hudson-Odoi at the moment, mate, I would say. He is looking so confident. He scored three in his last three. And I think he's playing better because of a player who I did not want anywhere near Forest, which was Nuno Tavares. Because he's creating spaces because he's overlapping Callum Hudson-Odoi down that left-hand side. He's giving him an outlet if Callum Hudson-Odoi gets stuck at the byline or whatever. Tavares is there to help him out. And he's creating loads of overloads there. And it's the style that Nuno wants to play. Get players out wide, look for the overloads, look for the um, underlaps, etc. So they're the ones you need to worry about. And of course, Morgan Gibbs-White. The only thing I'd say about Morgan Gibbs-White, I mean, everyone knows how good he is, but he can't take a goddamn corner. I want him off corners. <laughs> <laughs> he just can't. He just hits the first man every time. And his shooting has improved, but has a lot more work to do. But for me, where he is in his own is on the edge of that D. Um, if you look at the game against Manchester United, um, he felt he was in that pocket and he wasn't being picked up because Man U were playing the double pivot a bit like what you guys um, are doing. And he was finding so much space on that D and he scored from there. So I think he could have a good game. And of course, you've got Alanga on the other side. Alanga, lightning fast. He could work well if you deploy your high line. His finishing... Needs a little tweaking as well. Missed a couple of sitters at the weekend. And then for me, the unsung hero is Dominguez. Dominguez is the hardest worker in that Forest team. Presses hard. Sometimes he's pressing by himself. Always comes off about 70 minutes because he's knackered. Because he's been just, um, you know, chasing the game, chasing the ball. He's everywhere. Um, and he can make a pass. He got the assist against Taiwo. He's a good player that kind of goes under the radar for me. Cool. So what do you make of Villa then? Do you think Villa can get top four? And what are you expecting from the game on Saturday? I like Villa, right? I'll start with that. You know I like <laughs> Villa. Hello, Midlands. Yeah, Pro, I, Hello, I, I think I do, get, I do get that vibe. Like, you, yeah, you, so I think you do I've like got no Villa. beef with Villa. I hate Sheffield United. I hate Derby. I hate Man United. Those two. Villa, i got respect for because I feel like you're a proper club. Should be in the Premier League. And, you know, even when you had O'Neill, I love the O'Neill days at Villa, yeah? Obviously, ex-Forest boy and stuff. I love his passion on the sidelines. I've always had a soft spot for Villa. 
Now, what I want for Villa and what I think will happen are probably two different <laughs> things. I want you in the top four. I want you to break that big six bias that we see in the Premier League. Put the, no uh, the noses out of all the clear, you know, face. Sky love their big six, don't they? Villa getting in there and disrupting it, I think is brilliant for the Premier League. But I do worry about your naivety at times. Now, you were bulletproof at Villa Park. What was it? 14, 15 W's in a row. It's ridiculous, yeah. yeah? And then suddenly you're holding some L's there. And I worry as you get towards the business end of the season, as we are approaching now, I just think that pressure is going to start to mount because you're going to be looking at the top. Uh, finishing fourth to you would be, if this makes sense, like winning the league. And that becomes the pressure. Whereas if you look at the other teams that are contending, where you've got your Arsenals and your Liverpools who are trying to dethrone Man City, finishing second and third is the booby prize for them. So there's no pressure for them on the top four. And then you've got obviously Spurs and Man U. Hopefully they get nowhere near it. But they're season pros at fighting in the top four. So honestly, I really genuinely want Villa in the top four. But it's how you react to the pressure of those games and what's the mentality going to be because that prize of top four isn't necessarily the prize that the other three or four teams um, that you're competing with are looking at. And adding to that, you've still got your European campaign. I think you're going to go far in that. Could that, though, thin your squad, which feels quite thin at the moment with the amount of injuries you've got? So it's about how Emery balances this all out. You've got a great manager there. I think he, I think he's got the mentality to do it. He's won plenty mm. of things in his time. If he can pass that, that strong mental capacity down to your players, you got a good shot at it. But I do think you're going to fall slightly short. I think it's end. interesting. I think I think what you're saying is pretty fair, really. I mean, mm. you know, if a club's never qualified for it, you know, mm. well, we've won the European, we've never qualified for the actual like chance, trans, um, Champions League variant Era, of it. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, like what you're saying is true. I think, again, what you've said about Emery, I think he's sort of got the mentality, the minerals. He, yeah. He's got the he's got everything that you need to do it. One thing that I think has probably gone in our favour is, and it's a bad thing, is Kamara getting injured because mm. we were on this sort of not not a form slump, but we were sort of just not quite right. And I think him getting injured as sort of, from what it looks to me, like a bit of like galvanise the squad a bit, to yeah. give them a bit of like, a bit more togetherness that like, we're having so much adversity, like we want the, we want to do this. And, I, and yeah. I think hopefully that can sort of be that edge for us as well. But, you know, it's going to be difficult. I think the one thing that I look at is that if we, if we can get the win against you guys, Spurs don't play, so we potentially be five points clear of Spurs. Yeah. Then we play Spurs. It could be eight points. Sort out United. Um, so, yeah, it's. It, I think it's going to go to the white. It's going to be difficult, but... Um, I think just... where, where you've got some key matches are, you're going to have to mop up the, the Lutons, etc. And technically speaking, the Forests. You're going to have to try and get something out of the Man City and Liverpool games. I mean, you've got, just looking at it, you're away at Man City, um, but you've got Liverpool at home right towards the end of the season. And you've got Arsenal away. 
those games may be key. If you can get a point out of those games, keep the momentum ticking, that might work in your benefit. But it's going to be tough, mate. It's going to be tough. I, I hope you do it. I'd love to see you do it, kind of how, the way Newcastle did last year, because I think you're doing it a better way than Newcastle did. You know, Newcastle had the Saudi money or the oil money coming in or what have you, and then changed their manager, got up. I just like the the quick progression Villa are making. And I'm, I'd am i be more than happy to see in the in the Champions League. I think we've got 13 games left, and, and, mm. and every 13 games that we play, we average around seven wins. If we do that again, then it should be enough to do it. So, um, but yeah, it's been it's been a good season. It's been good, sort of challenging there to start with, and and seeing the team grow. So, but do you um, think Europe's going to impact it? Are you worried about that? Well, no, because when we were playing in Europe, we were doing really well in the league. You know, we were playing Europe mm. Premier League, Europe Premier League. We were playing like Alkmaar, then we were going back and beating Chelsea away. So it felt like because we were playing so many games, it was just like there's no time to think. Yeah, but you're playing crappers we... there. It's going to be knockouts now, man. It gets serious here, you know? Yeah, it does. But, you know, I mean, no disrespect to this tournament. There's not that many big teams in it. You know, yeah. you've got like, okay, who, who we got left in it? Like, Teams like Bruges and and um, what's oh, Frankfurt? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they're they're good, but they're not like this. There's a much of a muchness. Do you know what I mean? Like, so what do you want? What would you want if I offered you now Europe and fit? You win the conference Euro Trash Cup, whatever yeah. it's called, and you finish fifth, or you lose in the final and you finish fourth. What are you take? I want. I want to finish fourth. Over silverware, hundred percent. Just I'd like agree. what I was I saying earlier, that. like where it takes this club, yeah, it's just massive, man. Getting yeah. in the Champions League, um, a, a lot of fans would disagree and say, "No, I want to win a trophy." But that's kind of like for your own individual self gain of, "Oh, we've we've got this trophy. Look at this; it's a memory forever." But where this club want to get to, it has to be in the Champions League. I agree with you. Do you know what if I mean? Look, yeah, look at West Ham. They won that crappy competition. Now. Don't get me wrong. I'd love a little European trip. But look what they're doing this year. Yeah, their fans are hating on Moyes. Even Forrest beat them last week. They're dropping down that table. Your opinion, in my opinion, is the correct one. You get into that top four, suddenly Villa become a bigger name. Suddenly they're, you know, in the, in the be-all and end-all competition. Suddenly you can attract better players into into your club so you're right if if fans want silverware now that's a short-term aim and they're overlooking the long-term aim and objective in my opinion yeah i mean like we've had both had kieran mcguire on our channels like if you mm. look at sort of like the revenue compared from the the top four to the to everybody else we're all a million miles off it we're all a million miles off commercial revenue corporate revenue the only way that improves is if you're playing in the Champions League. You get like I think yeah. you get like two point five million per victory in the Champions League. Not bad. Not Do you bad. know what I mean? So yeah, so that's it's got to be the aim for me. Um, so if I had to ask you your score prediction, then what what are you going with? I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I know we're playing well, 
but I don't know if you guys are going to bribe VAR like every other club has done <laughs> against us or what's going to happen. Look, <laughs> if it's an equal game, my head is saying it will be a draw. I think it, this is going to be a high-scoring game, something like a 2 all or something like that. But if Forest play like they did against West Ham, this is this is a key match for me because everyone's telling me West Ham will crap. Well, Villa aren't crap. If Forest can do the double over you this season and we go there and beat you, we could you you could play into our hands if you play too high. I know I've memed you and joked about it plenty. <laughs> my, I'm saying two all draw. Yeah. My heart is wanting like a three two. In fact, three two wins for us would be perfect because we've lost six times three two. We're, we're due a three two win. <laughs> Well, hopefully that doesn't happen, but um, it's been great having you on. We've we've had each other on our channels now, home and away, so we've got a good little, good little vibe going now. Um, so Villa fans, go and check out Forest Fan TV. Uh, honestly, very, very good content. Um, I would say their show that they do on a Sunday is probably their best show when they're all together. Um, very, very funny, <laughs> very amusing. So um, I'd say my... Apart from you, I'd say Ant is probably my favourite yeah. Forest fan TV um, person. So, yeah, shout out to yeah, Ant. Yeah, we do that on a Sunday night, so we'll be doing the post-Villa one there. And if we've lost, yeah. he's had a few drinks. He can be uh, <laughs> quite fiery. <yeah. laughs> cool. So I'll be tuning into that anyway. So cheers for coming on, mate. Always a pleasure, bro.